0: Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. I know, you're like, what, no intro to this episode? No, unfortunately there's not. We're here for volume three of freaky listener stories, I should say. We got some real zingers in this one. Got another one from Sheila that she commented on one of our YouTube videos. We got a bunch of emails, got Jesse in here, got a ton of emails from Paul. Like, literally, it was like heaven on earth, got like multiple emails. Paul just reeling them in, just one after the other. I'm like, woo-wee. Thank you, Paul. so the majority of this episode is actually going to be Paul's stories because they're like, you know what? I want to put most of Paul's stories in one episode and then maybe any of the leftover ones I'll throw in the next volume. But So if you want to be in that volume, make sure you send in your story to the gang at We lo- We absolutely love hearing these stories, guys. I got another story in here that's one of my favorites that we've ever received from Kenny. Fantastic story and it creeped me the hell out. So I- I'm excited to share these with you guys. Christian has not heard a single one of these. I have not. I have for the most part been keeping these. Tucked away, as you do in these situations.
1: He likes to try to shock me.
0: Yeah, and it always works. He's always very shocked. As soon as he starts playing... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's... It's supposed to be scary. I don't feel that I was spooked out by that. But I
1: was terrified.
0: It's fine. If you're new to the show, please consider taking a moment out of your time and rating us five stars. It really does go a long way in helping us spread the word of the podcast itself and climb those charts as we're trying to do. That is like the easiest way you can support the show. If you want to help financially, keep the show afloat, help us push towards our goal of doing this full time at some point, share it on social media with your friends, and family, or you can go to the website and check out the merch. we got some pretty dope merch up there for you guys. Check the that out place an order rock some of the coolest paranormal swag you've ever seen in your life or you can just send us five hundred thousand dollars if you have if you have it lying around if not then it's fine we'll do the other methods of advertising and you know merch orders and whatnot but that's not what you're here for you're here for creepy listener stories and that's what we're going to deliver let's roll that sweet beautiful bean footage of that intro theme music and we'll get right into the episode
1: were you making fun of me by saying bean you get really triggered by the word bean i'm noticing because of what you've done to me online somebody called me chris the other day with the k yeah i know
0: (laughs) he changes it every time he says it i think it's jc hilarious stuff jc by the way keep it coming you are now entering the realm of the freaky deaky An unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. Alleged true stories. Christian, just... (sighs) Okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality. About time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains there are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. Logic. Yeah, welcome back to the show. This first story that I got for you guys is from actually it's a it's the brief one that Sheila commented on one of our YouTube videos. I'm just gonna go over briefly because it's brief, and that's how you do things that are brief. You do it briefly. And Sheila says, "I chose the super." Oh, this was actually when you started posting questions like polls on our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and Sheila actually commented on one of those about the what's this like spookiest thing that to encounter in the woods or that you could run into, and the options were like supernatural or animals are getting lost or something like that and she chose supernatural and then she let us know why she chose that she said i chose the supernatural only because that's the only one i've experienced while hiking me and my kids took a walk on a trail we've taken many times it was early afternoon we followed the same trails we always do which usually takes about a half hour we passed a few markers we recognized and kept on down the trail after a while i started thinking this seems to be taking longer than usual but figured we'd come out at the end at any moment well we kept walking and I started to think we were past the point of turning around until it started getting dark and it got dark quick. I picked up my littlest and we turned around and walked as fast as we could through the now completely dark forest. It was so scary, especially having my kids with me. I'm sure getting lost is probably the actual most common threat when hiking. it was, yeah,
1: but supernatural is more entertaining.
0: Yeah. And that's a creepy, Ooh, that's a creepy visual. Not only having your kids with you, you know, so there's that added element of, oh God, now I got to keep these ones safe as well. And I'm terrified. But the fact that you've been walking on a trail that you've taken so long, like so many times, and suddenly it's taking a long time to to get completed, then suddenly the entire forest goes dark super quick. You're like, "Mm, it's time for me to turn around. Like she stepped into another
1: dimension for a minute.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. that I wish I didn't have such an overthinking mind, because there's a part of my brain that wants to understand that, really understand what happened there, and it just never will. These are mysteries, unsolved mysteries. I told you it's another dimension.
1: Happens all the time. We don't realize when we step into another dimension.
0: That's true. And before we step into another dimension, I just want to say thanks for that interesting, interesting short read, Sheila. That was... Riveting, and I feel like you got so many stories. And you you shared one on our last listener story episode that was pretty amazing with your your mom and the clouds that spelled out a word. That's great stuff, right? So if you're keeping anything else hidden, (laughs) now's the time to send it in.
1: I have a question for you though, Scott. Yes, please. Now that you're a parent, that story adds a whole new level of terror to it because there is there is a big difference when you're hiking with your children and something scary happens. It's I, not just about you anymore.
0: Yeah, but see, that's that's something that as a, a man, I've already experienced. Like, I've been used to this as it is. China always wants to go out hiking. But guess what happens if we see something scary out there? I got to protect her and I got to sacrifice my life so that she gets away. So I've already had that. I'm all, like, I'm the man. I'm the first to get thrown to the wolves.
1: It's fine, you know? Well, we had Bristol. Mm. I used to call her bear bait. Yeah, I remember that. Just in case. Yeah, and that's why we need to get another dog. And I used to tell her, if the apocalypse happened, I will wait as long as I can before I eat her. Well, that's very
0: endearing and sweet.
1: I don't think I could have done that, though. Eaten her. Mm-hmm. Or waited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry.
0: No, the nuke just struck All right, Bristol, sorry. It's time. Rotisserie oh.
1: Bristol. That's
0: right. Unfortunate. Sorry to start the uh, episode off with eating pets, folks. That's not what you're expecting. Nothing for that. No. Nothing for eating pets. Weird. Sorry, I'm still playing with the soundboard. I'm still, uh, anyone that is, you guys don't care, but we record multiple episodes in a single day. So yes, it's 10 minutes after the last episode. You you got us. All right. But it's a week in the future. Time travel's crazy. And anyway, I'm still messing with the soundboard. I'm going to take some time to put some background tracks in there eventually, some stuff that's more related to our show. But for the time being, I'm having fun with it. All right. And I hope you are too, because if you get really annoyed, you're not going to enjoy most of the episode. Can I get an amen? You don't have that on the soundboard. I don't have that on the soundboard. Damn it. I can get crickets no it's fine this next story comes to us from jesse and it was emailed into us it says hey guys this is my first time reaching out to y'all but have to say i'm a huge fan of the podcast thank you thank you jesse we're a huge fan of jesse i'm gonna let you know right now i came and i know you're gonna say something to like an 80s reference and yeah, i totally just, was because I, know.
1: I was scrolling through my music and <clears> guess what song
0: let me pop. guess it was jesse's girl yeah Wow. You know how predictable everything is around me now? That's how vanilla my life has become, Christian. Is I understand, man. I call all the references all the time.
1: But that is surprisingly a good song from back in the day when most of those songs, especially pop rock, mm. weren't that good.
0: Jesse, I know you weren't expecting to have Christian mansplain 80s music to you in the first two sentences of your story, but that's just the kind of grade A stuff that we bring to our listeners. And so you're welcome for that. Let's continue. I came across it while looking for new stuff to listen to at work as I'm a plumber and get tired of the same playlist. Jesse, holy shit, every pipe in my house is leaking right now. Come to Wasola, Alaska and help me fix these pipes. That sounded way more sexual than I was intending. I've gotten about halfway through your podcast and just finished your most recent of viewer stories, which got me thinking I'd send y'all my few encounters as I'd love to hear your thoughts. My earliest encounter I can think of, I had to be closer to six or seven years old. And went on for quite a while. At the time, it was just me and my mother living in a small house in a town called Lake Panasoffkee in Florida. I actually feel like I nailed that. Nice. Let me know if I didn't. The town I grew up in. I don't remember much except for a few instances where I clearly remember seeing shadow figures around my bed at night. I'd never see anything during the day, but clearly remember once I'd lay down, I would see multiple figures almost pace around my bed. The clearest memory of this was three shadows, one on my left, my right, and at the foot of the bed. They would walk almost in a U shape around the bed, passing each other as if they would walk from one side of the bed to the other. That's a creepy visual. Mm, Definitely. Just like pacing around your bed. No, thanks. Thanks. The best way I could describe it is like when you are in a hospital bed and a nurse would be checking vitals around you. This went on for months I believe as I remember getting to the point I was so frightened I wouldn't sleep in the room. My mother suggested prayer which I didn't really think would work as I wasn't raised religious, but I remember after a few nights of prayer I stopped seeing shadows and was able to sleep in my room. Didn't think anything of it for years. My next encounter wasn't until quite a few years later and it was the only time I've seen this. My family had grown, and it was now my mother, her boyfriend, and now my little brother and I moving into an older house, a town over in Bushnell. Really nothing crazy had happened leading up to this. I was probably closer to 12 at the time, and there wasn't much to be said about the house. It was nothing fancy. Just a small house on 10 acres. Very quiet area. 10 acres. Holy crap.
1: We grew up in California. That kind of stuff doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, we had like a house in 10 feet. Oh, (laughs) beautiful property. Yes. One night, I was getting ready for bed and was in the living room talking to my parents getting ready to hop in the shower before I went to bed. I remember clear as day turning to walk out of the living room to walk down the hall attached to the room. Attached to this hallway was my bedroom, directly across the bathroom, and at the end of the hall, my little brother's room. As I looked to go down the hall, all I saw was an elderly lady leaning out of the bathroom, creepy. I still get chills remembering this and I'm 25 now. I could see her so clearly, I was positive that somebody was in our house. I still remember her curly gray hair and expressionless face. As I looked at her, she leaned back into the bathroom and I proceeded to shit myself. <laughs> that is the move, man. No judgment here. I swore up and down to my parents that I had seen a lady go into the bathroom. Both of my parents thought I was insane, which is the parent move. Right. Yeah. You know, are not going to be like, well, hey, let's check this out for the safety of our child. Nope. Of course, they went to look and nobody, yeah, they should have finished reading that sentence, huh? definitely good good parents jesse apparently my son tells me he sees something big like, it's fine nothing's there
1: just keep going no you got the the move is as a parent is to go look and be like everything's fine
0: and then as soon as you turn the light off monsters appear like, oh god they're back both of my parents thought i was insane of course they went to look and found nobody shortly before we moved i found out from the family friend that we had bought the property from that their mother had died on the property and this day i wonder if that is who i saw My final encounter was actually pretty recent. My fiance, her family and I took a weekend vacation in St. Augustine, a very historic and haunted city in Florida. There were six of us, including myself, and we had spent the day walking the old town and heard about the history, as well as all the ghost stories associated with different locations. We heard about multiple opportunities to participate in a ghost hunt and decided there would be something fun to try. All of us but myself and my mother-in-law were skeptics. And I was receiving plenty of grief from her side of the family, asking if I'd be okay. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, that's some shit Christian would do nonstop. They'd be like, you gonna be all right, Scott? Do you need me to get your blankie? And I'd say yes, because it's a comfort thing. Anyway, we decided to do a ghost hunt in the Ripley Believe It or Not Museum, as it had the best reviews. I will admit, I went in not really expecting anything, but had an open mind. So they give you... I think it's about two hours to walk the museum in the dark with different tools available for you to use. Before they let you walk, they sit you in a room and give a presentation, telling you where certain spirits have been seen, where, what kind of interactions have been reported, actual photos from other guests that have captured stuff, etc. This is where my night started to get interesting right away. We were one of the last families to be seated, so we were in the back row, which was fine by me, I could see the whole room except for behind me, but I knew it was just a wall about five feet back. During the presentation, I felt something tug my hair, almost like a kid when they give your hand a light tug to get your attention. Not hard, but there. I looked at my lady, thinking it was her trying to mess with me, but she was two seats over and glued to the screen. I brushed it off until they got to the slide, talking about the spirit of a little girl who's been spotted everywhere in the museum and is known to pull hair. Already at that point, I'm like, hmm. But again, I just kind of brushed it off and carried on. The night continued, and we really didn't get any action until we picked up a voice box and brought it with us. At that point, we started asking questions, one of the first asking how many people were in the room. We hadn't heard anything but static from the box, but after that, clear as day, we all heard seven. We were confused until we did a head count. Six of us, plus whoever is talking, would be seven. All of us kind of got the chills after that and didn't have much luck getting any more answers throughout the night. But a couple of times I could have sworn I'd catch a glimpse of a shadow following our group out of the corner of my eye when we'd leave a room. I haven't had a chance to go back, but would love to do it again and see what I find. Anyway, those are my only encounters and I'd love to hear y'all's input on them. Love the pat- the podcast. <laughs> must be from Boston. No, that's me. Love the podcast and I'm definitely looking forward to-, to next week's
1: episode. Keep it up, guys. Jess. Take a camera next time you go to the museum.
0: Yeah, that is kind of funny. You you definitely wouldn't expect something like Ripley's, believe it or not, to be like an actual, you'd be like, I'm actually going to experience something here, because that seems like, I mean, we all love the show, sure, but. That was a great
1: show when I I was yeah. younger. Dean Cain. I'm trying to think. I think I might have watched an earlier version.
0: Yeah, probably in the 1940s when there's no
1: volume. That yeah, was black and white.
0: Yeah, it was just static and some guy standing there, shocked look on his face. Anyway, yeah, what do you think of those stories, man? the i'm sorry the shadow figures that kind of surround the bed like pacing back and forth is creepy i don't know how anyone gets any sleep when they witness stuff like that like i've seen weird stuff but i've always been able to just go back to sleep afterward and it's never been anything like so in your face like that well i mean i guess there's been a couple never mind but that's trippy to think about for sure what other
1: choice do you have i mean you got to go to sleep but it would be it's it's fascinating to me the things that children see that you don't necessarily see as you grow older You know even like you've had experiences that as an adult but most people don't but they do Mm. have them as kids almost everybody can tell you one of those stories from their childhood including me yeah and you don't believe anything for the most part except for aliens and bigfoot so i guess yeah he's coming along am i though you should maybe treat me as i'm coming along instead of treating me as Mm. some skeptical jerk it didn't play that's too bad yeah the ghosts are helping me
0: i'm sorry you feel that way christian i hope i haven't offended your delicate sensibilities anyway jesse thanks for sending those in man we really appreciate it i do really like the story about the shadows walking around his bed why do you like that that's creepy it is creepy but it feels real Mm. so that's why i like it it is real christian god jesse can you believe this guy Jesus. (laughs) this next one was sent in by kenny and it's called the taunting green hand hmm it's a it's a doozy kenny i haven't even shared the story yet but thank you dude so much for sending this in because it is a fantastic story and i can't believe that you experienced this and did not shit your pants constantly as i would to this day and you were a child when this happened i would do it right now as a 32 year old man now that you guys know the bowel movements of a 32 year old man and the frequency at which it would happen let's get into the story He says, hey, Christian and Scott, I love the Freaky Deaky podcast and the topics that are covered. I also enjoy the banter and the opposing points of view. You guys are great. Thank you. That's good to hear every once in a while. Yes, it is. Yeah, and thanks for not calling us ugly. Like, that's the exclusive stuff we get on TikTok. They didn't call me ugly. I think they might have. But here's a Freaky Deaky that happened to me. I was five years old in the late 70s and had an encounter that still chills me today. It wasn't a nightmare because it happened at least three different nights, and I remember being wide awake, running to my parents' room across the hall, freaked out by what I saw. I had this little white bow tie and loved to wear it to church. I really liked that bow tie. I guess I thought it was cool. Hey, man, I had a Noah's Ark bow tie that was just the business when I was five years old.
1: Bow ties are the best. Yeah. Remember I wore one to your wedding?
0: Yeah, you did. Actually, mine wasn't a bow tie. It was a clip-on regular tie, but... Obviously it was a clip on. I was five. Come on guys. I had a clip on too when I was young, when I was about five. I had a clip on last week. Anyway, one night I was laying in bed with my room illuminated by a single nightlight, and I could see my bow tie sitting on top of my dresser across the room. I remember being fixated on the white bow tie and suddenly see it fall off the dresser onto the floor between my dresser and my laundry bin. I could still see it clearly. I remember thinking I was going to pick it up so it doesn't get lost. As I went to get out of bed, I no longer saw the bow tie and was a little confused. As I was headed across the room, I saw this hand come up from behind my laundry bin, holding my bow tie. I recall the hand being a shade of green and it was shaking my bow tie as if taunting me to come and get it. My mom was always playing tricks on me, and on different occasions, she would jump out and scare me. I began to expect her to try and scare me, and this was the first thing I thought of when I saw this taunting green hand. I remember jumping back in my bed and thinking that my laundry bin was up against the wall so there was no way someone could be tricking me. I actually said, Mom? In a quiet whisper to see if it was her. I was trying to wrap my head around the fact of how I was seeing what I was seeing. When I looked back, the hand was gone and my bowtie was nowhere in sight. As I was staring at the laundry bin, the taunting green hand slowly came up from behind, shaking my bow tie. I wanted to run to my parents' room, but I was afraid the hand would grab my ankle from beneath the bed. I laid there feeling my heartbeat in my entire body and somehow gathered enough courage to jump and run to my parents' room. My parents were basically... You know what's funny is I think all kids do that run and jump thing Mm -hmm. because you're worried about what's underneath the bed. I know I must have done that a dozen times minimum.
1: I still worry about what's under the bed.
0: I know. Yeah, I can't have any kind of... like I can't have an arm hanging off the bed a leg, nothing. I've read enough stories of things coming up and grabbing feet and pulling people. Nah, I'm good. You guys know the content of this podcast, right? Who would, who would risk that? Not this guy. Not this guy. Anyhow, I digress. So he does the run and jump, run to parents room. My parents were sound asleep, but I jumped in the middle of the bed and woke up my mom. I told her what I saw and she told me I was just having a bad dream and she took me back to my bedroom and showed me there was nothing behind the laundry bin. I felt irritated she didn't believe me and that the hand was gone. I asked her if she saw my bow tie. She said she didn't see my bow tie and she would find it in the morning. She turned the light off and told me to get sleep. Of course, I was looking back at the laundry bin, and again, the taunting green hand had rose up from behind, shaking my bow tie. It was even more terrifying the second time. I was still trying to wrap my mind around what I was seeing. Then it suddenly disappeared. My mind went wild in wondering where it could have gone. As I laid there, I heard a thump on the wall behind my headboard. I turned and looked, and there was the hand shaking the bow tie, taunting me with it. I ran back to my parents' room with my my voice calling out louder this time. I told both my parents this time what I saw, and they looked at me like I was crazy. So my dad took me back to my room and looked behind the bin and my headboard to prove there was nothing there. Again, they told me to go to sleep and that I was just dreaming. Even though I was terrified, I eventually fell asleep. When morning came, I looked for my bow tie. It wasn't on the dresser or under the dresser or even behind the laundry bin. I looked in the laundry bin only to find it at the very bottom covered in my other clothes. The same green hand visited me again on two different nights, always holding something of mine and taunting with it. I remember feeling afraid, but also knowing my parents would just tell me I'm having a bad dream. The last time I saw the hand, I remember being mad and I told it to go away and stop bothering me. When it went away and never came back, it kind of empowered me. I've had other experiences like this, but I've learned to face the incident with a logical mindset and make an attempt at showing no fear. Anyhow, I love hearing paranormal stories and talking about the unknown. Thanks. K. Rush. Whew. That one, that one got me. I, cause I, cause can vis- The way you wrote it, I could visualize it perfectly. Like, same with, and we didn't actually mention it, but that story that Jesse had with the old lady peeking out from the bathroom, ooh, that gives me the heebie-jeebies thinking about And that is a creepy ass visual. These stories so far is just so vivid that I can picture everything in it. And this green hand, man, I don't know what to say about it, dude. I got no idea, but it's creepy as hell to me.
1: It was a helpful demon. It's like, you lost this. It's going to hurt your heart. Here it is.
0: Yeah. You lost this after I pushed it off the dresser and now it's shaking it in front of your face. And then the
1: hand, it's demon voice was like, you want to go to hell? come get the bow tie.
0: So now that you know exactly what wasn't happening, Kenny, we're going to discuss the real possibilities. What was that, Christian? Green Goblin. So now you know what definitely wasn't happening. We're going to discuss some real possibilities now.
1: Why is it not a possibility it was a demon? You like demons.
0: Yeah, I don't, first of all, like demons. Secondly, it just doesn't, it doesn't, I don't know. I mean, it's evil. It feels malevolent. Is that the word or benevolent?
1: It Malevolent is the word, but I, I don't necessarily take it like that. It's it is taunting.
0: You think it's just like a trickster or something like that? Like, haha! That like, what's the point of that? Like, you're obviously trying to scare the kid, right? You're not just being
1: like, oh, he's going to get a kick out of this. No, I don't know. I'm I'm not in the mind of this demon. I well, mean, I maybe need you it to get was, in that headspace, Christian. Maybe it was being helpful, and it you know, helpful spirits are sometimes scary, like the ones walking around the bed, shadowy. I mean, maybe. Well, how was that helpful? It's like let's teach him how to pray, Christian. Notice they went away when he, when he prayed. And in this case for Kenny, when he asked it to leave him alone, it, it left him alone.
0: No, it's like he got some like confidence and he's like, no, you're not going to do this to me anymore. Green hand hit the bricks and it just walks away with two fingers. No,
1: and surprisingly, we, we hear a lot that that helps in mm-hmm. doing the podcast, which
0: is kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy to think about that. Like these things are, you know, they possess. Almost like magic that we could never understand. And then what if we just some normal human that goes to work at DQ comes home and is like, hey, you don't do that to me, ghost. And there's like, oh, man, maybe
1: there's rules.
0: Yeah. But see, I don't know, dude, that's that adds on so many other questions. Maybe there is rules. There has to be. There's always rules. But who is the ruler? you know what i mean i mean that puts someone else in charge if there's rules no it puts something else in
1: charge someone else in charge yeah something
0: so uh, something can be someone christian
1: someone is is normally reserved for humans something is a higher power or a green hand that pops up behind the laundry basket
0: that is
1: something not someone i hope yeah i'd rather it be something than someone with just one arm messing with me when i'm trying to sleep.
0: Yeah, mr potato head action going on there yeah i don't know kenny that's an interesting story man i have zero explanations for it or even zero understanding of why or how that happens but i know if it terrified you then it definitely wasn't good Maybe regardless of what christian says he's gonna be like well it could have been helpful i mean
1: maybe kenny should use a ouija board and try to see what it was
0: wow christian
1: psa don't use a ouija board is what scott's gonna say
0: that is what i'm gonna say PSA, don't use your Ouija board. Don't use your Ouija board. Don't use your Ouija board. That brings us right along to, we're going to dive into some of Paul's stories. Actually, we're probably going to close out the episode with some of Paul's stories. You got so many of these things. Bangers, by the way, Paul. And actually, uh, before we read Paul's stories, I would like to thank him for his support. He has been uh, supportive of both my business and also this podcast. And that is super fun to see. And I'm stoked that you dig the products and that you have hopped on some merch orders, man. That is super dope. And Paul- Christian and I are forever in your debt. Paul's my hero. Yeah. And he's actually wearing, you can't see right now because we're not filming, but it says Paul's my hero. And he didn't even know the story was in the episode, man. So that tells you. You're a real legend, dude. You support the business. You support the podcast. You buy the merch you, and you send in stories. Good grief. Do you want to be a host or what? Get in here, Paul. You are the wind beneath our wings. This first story, oh, of course, you're going to breathe it right into the microphone. This first story from Paul is a warning in the mountains of New Mexico. New
1: Mexico's creepy as hell
0: that is true in 1996 my friend and i modified his truck to load and haul rocks for landscaping work in the summer cut and sell wood in the winter he lived in cedar crest a mountain town with almost no residence that Teharis canyon runs through one day the two of us got a couple of our other friends to come help us load some rock from a spot well off any road that we had hit several times in the past four of us barely loaded a half bed and took a break the heat was brutal on that 100 degree day we decided we should take a walk and try to find some bigger or more decorative stones. We must have walked a mile from our original spot when we saw what looked like a big chunk of the hill had broke off and rock slid down the mountain. There was a big rock with space behind it and then the hillside, if that makes sense. Took a couple steps towards the opening and we heard a low growl. Frozen in our tracks, we all met eyes and in what seemed in unison all said, Cougar. Not a completely unfamiliar sound for me and Jason, but the others had never been so close to a mountain lion in person. We grabbed the two of them to stop them from running and began to slowly back up when a large rock, Jason called it a boulder, which it was not, but at least 60 pounds, 60-ish pounds, came flying through the air and smashed into the shielding rock. We all hit the deck and saw the mountain lion take off running. The four of us laid there for a minute unable to even speak before getting up and starting back to the truck. Never even talked about it with our other friends, but Jason and I did. Can't say what it was that could have thrown a rock that size and none of us saw anything beside the cougar. Nonetheless, it was what caused my change from total skeptic to believer. That's I mean, like
1: some Bigfoot activity. But I, I don't hear too many stories about Bigfoot in New Mexico.
0: I know. There's not. Like, where would you hide unless it's like cave systems or something like that? I you mean, know? giants maybe perhaps not oh, cave systems. Aliens. Giants. It's New Mexico. Oh, aliens. You think a three foot gray is picking up a 60 pound boulder with who his knows? Mind? No. I mean. who's true. Who does know? I mean, I certainly don't, but I'm blown away by the story. Oof.
1: Whatever it was, it knew about the cougar.
0: Yeah. And it's almost like you get rescued by it. If anything, isn't that kind of strange? Yeah. I don't know if a cougar would attack. Multiple people, unless it was really scared. But most stories you hear, and I'm sorry, it, the odds of it being like a Bigfoot or something, I don't know. But most stories you hear with these things, like throwing big rocks or boulders, the accuracy of them is crazy. Like they could find a needle in a haystack with a big ass boulder, and you're like, "Well, how do they do that, Scott?" I don't know. It doesn't really tie together anyway. But I try. Practice, practice. Yeah. So they're like crazy good with accuracy. They make John Wick shit his pants and go running. That's how good they are at throwing rocks. So, if I, I in my heart of hearts, I believe that if this thing wanted to hit them, it would have hit them. Well, obviously, it was just chasing off the cougar. Exactly. But then, why? What's the What's the purpose of just being
1: like, oh, look at these this giant cat going after these four dudes? We, oh, I should probably interrupt this. We've talked about Bigfoot enough times to know that some of them are helpful. That's true. Yeah, I shouldn't lump all big feet into the same category. I mean, you shouldn't. And here I am doing it.
0: Like, you know what? That's not the woke podcast that we're trying to distribute. My bad. How dare My you? My bad, Paul. That's a. And actually, you know, that leads into yet another Bigfoot story, if you can believe it. And you can believe it because I'm about to read it to you. This is another one for Paul. I don't know if it sounded like I said "pa," but it was Paul. Pa. I'm Paul in.
1: Pa, like uh, Little House on the Prairie.
0: Yeah, uh, we've referenced Little House on the Prairie way too many times for the genre of show that we are. Can't you agree? No. Little House on the Prairie helped raise me. I understand that, but you went from referencing every single Disney character of all time to us referencing Little House on the Prairie every other episode and S- the Waltons. Stay tuned. We'll have something else next week. Probably going to be the exact same thing. They always said, Pa. It's always paw related. It's always paw related
1: with you. That shows you how they brainwashed me. NBC did it. You feel good about that? Yeah. It's like You a, made me do that.
0: You made me do that question. I feel really good. Okay. This next story is a huge hairy man. And but wait, it's cryptid related. It's not just a large hairy man. Yeah, thank thank you. It's just not a story of my Italian father. In 1985, when I turned eight, my dad took me to the Police Athletic League, where he was an assistant boxing coach and started letting me train with my cousins and the team. When we went to tournaments, we would all pile in a van and make the drive to wherever, stopping at hotels and motels along the way. Once driving to somewhere in Tennessee, that's a great location to have a Bigfoot sighting. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in Tennessee, we stopped and as per usual, the coaches and older guys went and scouted a route to have the team do our running and cardio. Being the smallest and youngest on the team, I always got left behind with the coaches when they were all running. While the team ran, my dad and I watched with binoculars to keep track of them. Didn't have the phones or anything we have today, so keeping track of everyone wasn't so easy. So 5am, everyone starts out and I lock onto my cousin who's running third in the line. Two minutes later, my dad says, do you see that animal? I think it's chasing them. I couldn't see what he was talking about, but I did notice the trees shaking just past the guys, which is not what you want to see. Then I see everyone stops running, and so do the trees, and whatever it was. My dad drops his knocks, which is the dopest thing I've ever heard to call binoculars, and I'm stealing that forever, and starts loudly whistling the signal they used to relay the message return with urgency. When the team got back, they were all about as freaked out as I've ever seen that group of hard individuals. The coaches told everyone to calm down that it was just a bear, and the older guys who actually saw it also said it was a bear, after initially arguing that it was no bear. The tournament was three days long, so the next day we repeated the run and workout without incident. The only thing we did notice out of the ordinary was the smell of an outhouse that seemed to waft in during the morning warm-ups. My cousin told me several years later that what he saw was a huge hairy man, like in that old fake video of Bigfoot, only real. (laughs) That's my first step into the world of believing, I have one more Bigfoot story and dozens of strange sightings in the sky. I'm fairly positive most of the stuff in the New Mexico skies are government's aircrafts. At least that's what my old wrestling coach who used to test fly for the Air Force tells me. That's pretty wild. It's almost like the coaches were like, oh, no, just say it was a bear. Say you saw a bear. That's all it was. You saw a bear. Nothing else. End the story. Get back to running. That's creepy. That, that's the same thing like that fake old video of Bigfoot, but this one was real.
1: <laughs> that was funny.
0: Perhaps they're both real now. Man, I wish I could be the person that sees Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be such an, an
1: awesome memory to hold on to forever? It would be, but also you always talk about how terrified you get over stuff. Oh,
0: well, yeah, I would, like, obviously, same thing I would do in any situation, any ranging from anything from bees to Sasquatch and aliens and abduction situations, is I would shit myself.
1: Let, let me tell you how this would go. I just Scott, did. I would Scott, shit myself. Scott and I are out hiking around looking for Bigfoot. We see a big hairy man.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, Scott,
1: do you see Bigfoot? And I turn around, Scott's gone. Yeah,
0: exactly. You'd be like, can you believe we're witnessing this together? And I would be nowhere to be seen. And I'd be like,
1: Scott, you have the camera.
0: And you'd look down or be on the ground with a note. I had just enough time to do a little post. It says, hey, Christian, you're up. No, you'd be like,
1: I got pictures before I took off. And then I'd look at them and they'd be blurry.
0: It'd just be trees. Like it'd be the sky or some shit. I'm running your feet. Those are some big feet, but not the one we saw. Yeah, that's a like number one, Paul. Not only are you a legend, but my man, this is the first Bigfoot stories that we've had sent in. We had a guest on like the first summer break come and tell a story about seeing a Bigfoot in Michigan. And that's a video somewhere on YouTube at the moment. But never had listeners send in stories. So thank you for being the first Sasquatch encrypted submission, I believe. Possibly not the first cryptid, but Bigfoot for sure.
1: But the coaches said it was a bear. Well, the coaches were lying. It reminds me of the bear meme I posted on our Facebook page. Yeah. Sasquatch. I've seen a few. I forgot what else it said, but it made a reference to it not being a bear. <laughs> you know, now that I hear that laughing, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. It sounds like the laughter of people forced to laugh in hell.
0: Yeah. Like, guys, laugh like you're not having such a bad time down here. We're trying to get some more celebrities. Yeah. Laugh or we
1: burn you more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, at the, and at the end, you can hear the tears start to come through the laugh. Yeah, and out of nowhere. <laughs> you're like, wow. That would be the exact so- sound that Satan would play.
0: Yeah, he'd be like, oh, you guys want to leave and go to heaven where everything's nice? And wah,
1: wah, wah.
0: This next story if you can believe it, is from Paul. Really? I, I told you guys, Like the, this main this episode should just be called Paul's Listener Stories. And if anything, uh, maybe at some point in the future, we can just, with this new equipment, this new recording upgrade that we got, it is so much easier for us to take calls and record calls and have guests come on the show. And so we're gonna start rolling that out, guys, and it's gonna be a very exciting time. Very exciting time to be a listener of the Freaky Deaky. But so maybe we'll have Paul on the show at some point to talk more about his experiences and all that stuff. I mean, I've had just a blast reading these stories. So this next one is called Backpack Jack's Deal with the Devil. Ooh. I know. Yeah, I thought you'd get that. I like a good devil in, in an episode. Yeah, well, you are a spawn, so that checks out. Here's another interesting story from the life of Lobo. Me. <laughs> I worked at the Waffle House as a short order cook from 1990 to 2001-ish.
1: Let me put it. 1999. That's the same. Yeah. Like, That's creepy enough as it is. Yeah, you see some shit at the Waffle House.
0: Hopefully you weren't uh, the late shift or the early morning shift, whatever one it is. I worked at the Waffle House as a short order cook from 1999 to 2001-ish. One day, Backpack Jack, this homeless guy, let me start with this. I am a new man, 180 degrees from then. But back then, I was Breaking Bad in 96, more than a decade before that show. The reason I loved the graveyard shift was because I could do trucker business Cooked d- in the p.m. and breakfast in the a.m. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Back to 2000. Homeless guy sitting at the bar area where he would usually. The new cook on duty, whom I'm relieving, is throwing the guy out when he yells at the cook, kid, I'm Jack blank, pretty much, saying he's not going to say the last name out of respect and carry head for the man. As he was walking out, I recognize the name. Anyone involved in in New Mexico Wood, I served this guy a cup of coffee to stay warm and out of the cold many days. The next time I saw him, I asked him. He denied being him, but looked at me as if he was dying to admit he was who he was. The story I had heard was that this guy, who had a background in chemistry, was a truck driver from Arizona, had met and fell for a woman whose family was the supplier of the d- to most of the state. This is a crazy story. So, for so, this,
1: so basically, what I'm getting from this st- story so far? A lot of m- Breaking Bad is true.
0: Yeah, Breaking Bad is true. <laughs> they got this story from fucking Paul over here. Yeah, and Backpack Jack. Yeah. He, in turn, became the guy and developed a new method and was basically the father of the method. See? Yeah, this is 100%. Okay, Paul. Was he a science teacher, too? (laughs) Paul, was this Heisenberg? Be honest. (laughs) If I get to the end of the story, it says Heisenberg. I'm going to be very upset. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'd laugh hysterically and then cut it out of the episode so people will know I'm stupid. Anyway, started transporting and became the top supply for all Southwest U.S. and was then set up by his girlfriend, now wife, by her new man, who was the lead detective in the bust. Ooh. It was all legend of this family and all that stuff that got a young hothead like I was all riled up. Eventually, I got it out of him. I would feed him all the time, and one day when he was the only person in the place, tossed him a bag of (laughs) fuchsia-colored Way to go, Paul. (laughs) It wasn't blue, but it's pretty close. He picked it up and said, okay, you got me, I'm ready. Ready for what, Jack? I asked him, he said, did he send you? I'm ready, I'm done. I thought, oh man, he's a crazy bum. Man, I was a terrible person back then. (laughs) He continued, yeah, I'm him. I said, if you're him, why are you living on the street, sleeping under a bridge? What happened? He said, oh, never mind. I'm just a feeble old drunk. I didn't let up, and eventually he told me his story. He said that everything I had heard was true, and then some. He told me that the woman and her family were worshippers of demons. (laughs) Hmm. and had actually summoned a demon and asked this demon to find them the next building block of the business. The demon found Jack. He said he was driving a load to T or C, New Mexico, and stopped at the truck stop at Four Corners, where he met a man who knew him by name and seemed to know everything about him, including what and how he was feeling. said he tried to get away from him, but was unable to move from his stool said he thought maybe he was dreaming or sleep deprived or something. This man told him that he would deliver his load and will take a small out of the way trip to Albuquerque. And there he will, quote, meet the love of his life and put down roots and learn the skills to take him to his life's end. That he, the demon, quote, will be with you every step if it is what you want. Mm. So we got a real crossroads situation here. Someone get Robert Johnson on the horn. Promised wealth and happiness, Fuck it, right? He said everything the man promised happened. He said when he was cooking dope, he heard the man whispering instructions and directions the entire time, every time. He told me that when his wife told him about their crazy rituals and whatnot, he tried to leave, but at that point realized at least some of their crazy bullshit is real. He told me he turned to God and became a Christian and all that crazy the other direction. Within days of that decision, he was being carted off to Santa Fe State Prison. (laughs) Crazy. While there, he was visited by a lawyer who shared the demeanor and voiced the man from years before. This guy told him that if he will agree to his terms this time, freedom is days away. The terms? Own nothing, become no one, and never gain from your time as a person. He agreed. He eventually got out after a shortened sentencing because of some other strange circumstances, and he was Backpack Jack since. The head detective married his ex-wife and died of suddenly getting brain cancer a few years later. His ex-wife was later arrested for the Hollywood video murders in 1996 or 97, coincidence while I worked at a Hollywood video and knew the girl murdered. I have another story involving all of that at the time, when her and then boyfriend murdered a manager and employees, grandparents, and kidnapped and tortured and murdered her. He told me he thought for sure I was sent by the man to finally collect. It made me feel for the guy. I believe. He believes. Or believed. As I'm sure he isn't still alive. Personally, I believe he is who he said he was. I also believe all the years on the street and extreme alcohol abuse had taken its toll on a hard man that lived a hard, fast life. Hope that if nothing else, you enjoy the story.
1: I love that story. That's a... That is such a wild ride, man. There's like so many directions my mind is going on that story. And also like, I'm not going to New Mexico.
0: I know, yeah. Yeah, talk to me out of it. Thank you. Yeah. But that is crazy. I mean, dude, look, we've all heard some crazy stories from homeless people, all right? I once had a conversation with six people that was one while taking a break during my shift at McDonald's in California City. He had a conversation with everyone around me, and there was no one around me. So, I get it.
1: i don't know man some of the conversations i've had with homeless people i believed yeah i believe they saw what they saw
0: oh yeah and this is an instance of that where you kind of got to wonder like obviously you're homeless in new mexico it's hot as fuck out there probably gonna be boiling might fry your brain a little bit
1: but we can kind of relate because we grew up in the antelope valley oh yeah same climate Mm -hmm. i guess you kind of get used to it same type of drugs same type of things going on nobody named backpack jack that we know of yeah hopefully uh, not too many of them because that is a great name
0: yeah that is a great name and also you know it's very strange like this story does, i mean it sounds all over the place right but it's got a beginning and an end it's not like he was talking and then like suddenly went to looney tunesville and was like oh and then i ended up making out with sylvester stallone underneath a bridge next to a dunkin donuts you know what i mean
1: yeah it, it, i mean it's maybe a little it's, all cohesive. Over the place it's because, cohesive yeah but it. That's the lifestyle too. To an extent, yeah. That kind of lifestyle is all over the place. Yeah, a, as Paul would, would probably agree with.
0: So So the the question remains though, do you believe ironically, look, if this story is real, if this homeless guy wasn't spinning a yarn or, you know, out of his mind, that means crossroad demons, man. There's some there's so much lore. And actually, you know what? Great episode idea. Crossroad demons. Go Robert Johnson, go all the old blues classics. You know how
1: it works. You need to write this really quick. Yeah. Because there's been a couple yeah. instances where we do do something or talk about something, and, and
0: four other shows instantly
1: drop the same thing. And We're like, damn it! I know there's one, and it's not what we not not the the ones that we call our friends that seems to be very on point with what we're doing. And there is no way they're doing it on purpose. I don't think, but it's really uncanny.
0: Uh, the very popular one, yeah, yeah, that's a uh, very weird. uncanny. It's weird,
1: but it's also I don't know maybe it's like tapping into like. It's good for us, though, in the yeah, long run. Whatever. Because pe- it, you know, one of the things I've learned from looking into these type of topics is there's, you'd think there'd be more of more Joes or stuff like that with this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. But there's not really. You know what the craziest thing about that Backpack Jack story is? What? I absolutely believe it. I do. I think that shit happens. I think, I think Crossroad Demons, I think crazy, I guess, instantaneous success and instantaneous defeat and stuff. I think there are those types of weird, like contracts, almost made with like spiritual
1: entities. It makes me think that that particular form of drug brings demons a lot quicker than the other ones.
0: That would make sense too, though. Like, I mean, obviously, it's not a great thing for you to be doing. So, mm-hmm. what would be associated with that? Probably evil entities
1: or spirits or demons. When I was younger, I worked a lot of night shift jobs, and it's a different world. It's a different yeah. world, and it is exactly as it's described. Right. In that story, bang up jaw, Paul. The the people are just uh, they're different at when you're a night owl.
0: When the sun sets, yeah, things get a little creepy out there. But like I've I've heard countless stories about like people that you would, if you were to watch these interviews, you'd be like, oh, that person is insane. But me, it's like you know people that have come from those lifestyles or whatever that are now religious and are like, oh no, now I believe in God and I am a Christian or I'm this whatever. The way that hell and demons, the dark forces of the world is organized, is always organized as like a business. It's like built as a business. It's run as a business. And so if you think about like that correlating into some of these crazy Overnight success stories, or like the shit that happens in Hollywood and all that, you can see it because it's smart. Obviously, you can make businesses successful, so why wouldn't you replicate that if you're evil forces trying to take over the world or overpower good or light versus dark, whatever you want to say? I'm just saying, like this, it's weird to me that the crazy stories always seem to line up perfectly well, first and suddenly all, I'm the crazy one. Yeah.
1: First of all, hell's not real. Oh, oh. Well, but, in that case, I guess we're fine. Yeah. But you know, we can maybe demons are real because they were around before hell <sighs> if you look at it historically i mean
0: christian i think you need to go back and look at it historically you keep saying this but you're incorrect on a lot no, of stuff you say the, too. Yeah, the,
1: the demons were around before the biblical Be- times
0: before the biblical times yeah, yeah you always say that shit and yeah. i got shit that lines up what you're told history versus what actually happened and there's gaps that are filled in that you're not told about in history class with biblical stories that seem to match that timeline so it's kind of weird i don't know man I think be- okay. because you're a skeptic and you hate religion. I this don't is- hate
1: religion. I don't like organized religion. And
0: which is the again, same as hating it.
1: Don't be offended because I say hell's not real. I'm not offended. So I'm not going there. You're the one that's gonna be taking up a space, man. Don't get triggered. <laughs> don't get triggered. But let's go back to the business idea. Yes. If demons are real and they are. It's humans didn't come up with the idea of shady business. They did. Exactly. And we're just doing what they taught us. We're just taking their tips and tricks, their life
0: hacks. Right. But it would make sense that you could make a contract, like a binding contract with like an entity where he's like, look, in a a similar sense, as like the fallen ones fell from heaven or whatever and taught us all these crazy things that made us hate each other and kill each other and lust after each other that they could just be like, oh, and here's how you make a shit ton of money. You ready, friend? It's simple math, my my guy, you know? And so maybe, look, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed at all, but when things click and add up, it's easy for me to be like, yeah, I could see that i and just
1: is it 100 percent right who fucking
0: knows yeah. but i could see it
1: i just have a different view that's more like well, humans are always blaming somebody for their shortcomings yeah. or something and you and that's easy to say too it's easy to de- deflect
0: on yeah. other things for sure but maybe that was taught to us by the evil shady business demons as well
1: i mean that's what i would do if i was an e- evil shady businessman and you are we were just People talking about about, about the great movie constantine and It's depiction of demons in hell. and Ah, Constantine. Great You know, it's like, for somebody like me that doesn't necessarily believe in that stuff, those demons were scary as hell. And if I went to hell or went to sleep and saw those demons, I probably would be just like,
0: Hmm. I wouldn't wake up. Do you know what Anton LaVey's last words were? No, I don't, actually. Oh, I found this out recently. I scared the fuck. Like, creeped me out. Because I think he said, I think he said, wait, wait something is very wrong there's some or i was i was very wrong or something like was terribly wrong i can't remember what it was but he repeated it like three times before oh, he went out
1: he was definitely wrong he he made a he made up a a a, a thing and called it the church of satan and it was mm. so, uh, eventually you go. we're going to talk about him in one of our episodes oh i'm sure yeah he'll, because he'll it is, the whole story around that is very fascinating but that it is fascinating is, that's interesting that he said that I have to look it up. We'll,
0: we'll, maybe I'll cut it out if I find the actual, but it's something along those lines where he was scared shitless when, when he was dying. He's like, oh, whoa, 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 no, wait, 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 wait. I was wrong. I was wrong. But anyway, uh, I'm going to close this out with a, and actually, we're not going to get to all of Paul's stories in this episode because he has a bunch of doozies, but we're going to close it out with this lighthearted little jaunt. It's called Lost Time are Game. We going,
1: what? Are we going to hell again?
0: No. Well, I, we'll find out. Lost Time, Game Time, or just high?
1: <laughs> okay. This one's Thanks for another
0: zinger, Paul. Back in the late 90s, I worked at Hollywood Video in Albuquerque, New Mexico. One day when I came into work, the store was full with all the employees and managers. The district boss went on to tell all of us that there was a robbery at one of the stores the night before, and some people were killed, and there were some counselors here for some people who knew the deceased.
1: Is this going back to the previous story?
0: Yes, probably. As it turned out, it wasn't so much of a robbery as some crazy people kidnapping and murdering a girl who was working at the store. My Manager, who was a good friend and ex bandmate of mine from high school, had actually dated the girl for a minute and was pretty upset. We worked that night, and when we were closing 12 a.m., I told him, Come on, bro, vamos
1: a callie, alcohol,
0: alcohol. Uh, I can't, hey, Paul, I can't speak that. I got a thousand dollars.
1: Grew up in, in California and can't even say those words, which you should be able to.
0: Yeah, I can, but not very not well. smoothly. Okay,
1: I got a thousand dollars, two
0: ounces of green, and two ounces of boomers some shrooms apparently is that what that is yeah i guess so let's just go and see where we go he agreed we jumped to my nissan pathfinder and headed to a spot on the map denver cool we'll see what's going on in denver hit the road and he rolled a few blunts and joints i know never smoke and drive and believe me when i say after that drive i never have again we drove about an hour and a half out of albuquerque and the radio started messing up We were jamming Morbid Angel and Cannibal Corpse on CD (laughs) so weird that it was cutting out like like stations and static. We pulled off to check the wires and connections in the dark. Very stupid. I remember us getting out and opening the back of the truck, reaching in. Both of us remember this the very same. And suddenly sitting up in the cab of the truck, we looked straight at each other and looked around and we were at a Kmart parking lot. It was 1233 PM and we went in to ask for directions. We're told we're in Denver, Colorado. We were confused and I was freaked out that I could have been that I could have driven through the night and not remembered, but we still decided since we're here, let's see what's happening in Denver. Oh yeah, the gas tank also happened to be the same, half a tank. Could have stopped for gas and not remembered, but the weed wasn't that good and we hadn't broken into the shrooms yet. We found a concert, 311, the far side and somebody. Turned out great, went to the show, got to meet a couple of guys from the far side by chance smoking out before the show. We both lost our jobs for accidentally leaving the p- deposit out of the safe and not coming back to work for three days. We're both reclusive family men and regular jobs and calm lives. Now I haven't talked to him in years. Never really talked about what happened beside on the drive back, just primarily to make sure it didn't happen again. Hmm. Aliens. I know, man. That's the vibe. Aliens or the government. Yeah, that's crazy. I, the, the idea of missing time freaks me out. And I do feel like I had that happen on the way from California to Vegas once. But that could have just been like, you know, the, what is it? Highway hypnosis or whatever.
1: Yeah. This, this was not that.
0: Yeah. This is a little more advanced, you know, still got a half tank gas, which unless
1: you forgot, you stopped to get gas on the way to Denver. I don't know how you do that, but. The the type of music he was listening to at the time just brings back a a somewhat similar memory where I was with my cousin and his friends. So I think it was KNAC in Los Angeles, which Mm. was just garbage hard metal yeah and i thought i was going to hell that day and i thought the two people driving the car were demons
0: demons yeah and a bridge troll at some point too yes
1: exactly you remember yeah. the story
0: i do remember yeah.
1: but also i want to before we pause like a brother to me seems cause that he way. worked at hollywood video mm.
0: and
1: i worked, worked at blockbuster yes first it was major video and then blockbuster bought it and that's where i met china's mother
0: and the rest is boring as fuck now.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but history but no you know when you work at a video store video stories are it's sad that they're not around because that was they were popping they were that was such a cool place to that work back cool then place, yeah. i enjoyed it it was so much fun i met so many cool and so many crazy people hmm. crazy I, especially i'm sure but, but i enjoyed it those were some
0: doozies man like we got, i gotta close it out because china's gotta go get her eyebrows did or something but that was a good episode i yeah. like these listener stories paul you are a legend for sending in Literally almost a dozen stories, and I'm gonna make sure to get the rest of them in the next episode. We got that I'm hopefully gonna be releasing in the next ten episodes or so if keep, I can get some more. But yeah, keep them coming. Yeah, seriously, appreciate Paul, kenny Jesse,
1: Jesse, not JC, Jesse.
0: Yeah, JC was my cat in Vegas. Jesse and Your Sheila. The cat
1: was na- named after Jesus Christ.
0: JC, JC Ray was named after an all-time low song because I was emo and oh stupid as fuck when i was 22 but that's not the it, we all not, are that's, yeah, that's not the point of this podcast
1: I mean, that's the point of point of being 22
0: yeah so anyway and i guess while we're in the middle of shout outs r.i.p to jc ray who my ex stole from me changed locks and i have no idea what happened to her one day before she was about to get to freedom and on that note this episode is brought to you by seasonal depression i am tired of this damn snow christian and I hope it
1: ends soon. You know, everybody talks about hell being filled with fire and brimstone. It's filled with snow. It's snow and the Arctic tundra.
0: That's, you couldn't have said it better if you tried. Anyway, uh, big shout out to everyone that has sent in stories. If you want to be a part of the next Listener Stories episode, send it into the gang at the freakydeaky.com. You can also DM it to us on social medias at freakydeakypod on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or at TFT Paranormal on TikTok. Be careful DMs. Those stories are harder for me to keep track of. So if you really want to make sure it gets in the episode and not just a Hail Mary pass, send it in as an email because those I at least have a folder for. I move things around. It's a whole professional thing. I don't want to bore you guys with it. You get the gist of computer technology.
1: If you do a a DM, just maybe remind us a couple times. Yeah. Because I miss them sometimes too.
0: Yeah, he does. Anyway, uh, thanks again for uh, all the support. Over the last few years, we've got some really cool stuff planned for the future. Like I said, we want to get guests on. Got some ideas for YouTube we're going to be breaking out in the near future. So uh, we appreciate you guys being along for the ride. And we are very happy and appreciative of your patronage. To the Freaky Deaky. We'll see you right back here next week for some more of that sweet, sweet goodness. You guys have yourselves a fantastic Thursday and or Friday or, or any day you're listening. And we'll see you next time on the Freaky Deaky. (laughs) <laughs> Mama! Yeah.